You are listening to audio from Summit Community Church. You can join us Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on our YouTube channel at SCC Morganton. Uh, it is a delight to be here with you all this morning uh, for the first service and now the second service. And uh, um, it was good to see, I don't know if he's here now, but it was good to see Pastor Mike. And as I said earlier, we've uh, developed a wonderful and dear friendship over the past uh, few years. And I consider him, as I said before, a very dear friend. And, um, and I, I know that, um, as I said earlier, uh, friends are made for the day of adversity. And uh, so we all need friends in our life, and, and and no one really can speak to many times. You know, if you're if you're in a particular um, business, then people who are also in that business, y'all speak a language that really no one else can understand. But the people that are in that business, we're at, we're in a business as well, but we're in kingdom business. And sometimes pastors, there's things that we feel and see and. That, that really we can only really fully uh, appreciate with one another. And so I appreciate that in him. And, and we've had some wonderful co- coffee sessions, sessions around coffee and just opportunity to talk. And uh, I've always appreciated it. I want to thank this wonderful um, Praise and Worship Band. Um, we're only five minutes away, so uh, if we leave with anything, we're going to leave with you all. So, so just pack up everything, and y'all just come on over to New Day Christian Church, 1023. East Union Street. Amen. All right. No, that's a wonderful, wonderful um, praise and worship this morning. And this really sets the stage. Uh, very welcoming of Holy Spirit. And uh, so thank you for that. Um, now, I was told that the first service, you had to be really timely. But they said the second service, you go as long as you want. <laughs> I, I'm just saying what I heard, you know. They said, do what you want to do. If you want to run around and do cartwheels, you go ahead and do that. <laughs> no, that's not what they said. But they did say it was a little, not as time-oriented. So, I, you know, I can't promise you we're going to get out in, in the usual time. But, you know, I mean, you're, that's, I'm under authority. So if I hear somebody say, I'm out, um, praise God, praise God. Also, you know, I, I want to welcome the members of New Day Christian Church that came over. We shut down today so that we could come and be with you all. And uh, keep thinking, it's, uh, it's, an, it's an honor. You know, we see, obviously, we see this church probably more than most churches. As we go by, you know, go through town, you really can't miss seeing the building. But to actually see the church, we've seen the building for many years, but to see the church, to see the body, to see you all, uh, it's a whole different experience. And, uh, and so we just feel like we just went down the hallway and went into another room. You know, same house, different room. And so we're grateful to be here. Um, so I'm buttering you all up. You know, I'm getting you all soft. I'm, I'm pounding the tender. I'm tenderizing this, this meat so we can get this thing going. Okay. All right. And I also want to just... Um, you know, I, my, my wife gets the brunt of my, of my messages, I, and my church knows it. 
you know, I get, I get her up here. She gets me down there, but I get her up here. You know, you just don't know. But I'm grateful to have my wife here uh, with us today as well, and one of my children. The other three are, are out and about, uh, two in college, one getting ready to graduate, one getting ready to get off my tab. They're going to get coming out. Amen. And then one still in school and one getting ready to go to school. So uh, we're creating a scholarship fund for him starting today. So we'll have a box right outside there. All right, y'all, 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 y'all ready? All right, all right. So here we go. Um, Brother Mike was uh, so gracious to read that scripture for us. It's in John, Joshua chapter 5 and verse 13 and 15. And so over the years, and I'm sure many of you have felt the same kind of tension, uh, the same kind of polarization, the same kind of uh, uh, tribalism that has gone on in this country, and maybe across the world, but definitely in this country, uh, just a, a sense of who's for us, who's against us. You know, you kind of go and you survey a room, you survey uh, people's talks, you kind of know even on your jobs. Uh, who you can talk to, who you can't, um, what will start an argument, what won't start an argument. And so we're very, very hyper, hyper uh, polarized, hyper tribalized today, hyper divisive. And, uh, and I, know, I, I know you all know this. And so uh, as I've been reading through Scripture and just kind of weighing these things out in my own heart, uh, I believe the Lord gave me um, a particular phrase, and I want to share it with you today. I've never shared this message apart from this morning, but I've been talking about it for some time. So those who have been around me have heard me use this language of uh, radical, radical in the middle, being radically in the middle. And, and I want us to understand what I mean by that and what I believe the scriptures are saying. Here is Joshua, and Joshua is getting ready to, to, to take on Jericho, first, first battle that we know of uh, for Joshua. And so as Joshua's uh, preparing for this battle, he runs into uh, an angel, and he asks the question that we ask, you know, or we discern, are you for us or are you against us? And, and all of us do that. All of us, I think, when we enter into a room or a setting or your mother-in-law's house, or your father-in-law's house, uh, you ask the question, are you all for me or are you against me, right? And, and so that's a question that has been asked for a long time. Are you for us? Are you against us? You know, as a black person living in America, living in this community, uh, I ask that question. I come into the room and I, I, my, my senses go off and I think, are you for us or are you against us? You know, our, 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 where, where we stand, really. And I, I think uh, even in sports, in the sporting arena, uh, uh, players uh, summons that of their coaches. They, they, they ask that of their coaches. Matter of fact, I heard one time that the question that is asked, first of all, in leadership is just that question. Are you for me or are you against me? Or are you for yourself? And so when, even when we are assessing our relationship with, uh, with coaches, with our boss, uh, with whoever it might be, we ask that question internally. Are you for us or are you against us? Every relationship has that question in mind. Are you for us or against us? 
So established right at the very beginning, the angel establishes when Joshua asks a question, he says, I'm not for you and I'm not against you and I'm not for your foes. He says, I came for one purpose and one purpose only. I came on an assignment from the Lord. Whatever he tells me to do, that's what I'm going to do. So don't mistake that I'm coming, I'm going to play favoritism with you, Joshua. Do understand that. If he tells me to be on your side, you're good. But if he tells me not to be on your side, but don't mix up that I'm here for you. I'm here on assignment from the Lord. The body of Christ is thus the same, the likewise. We are here not for any particular group of people. We are on assignment from the Lord. We are his ambassadors, and we should not be caught up in any of the tribalism, any of the, any of the other things that we'll get in the other isms that we'll get into in just a minute. I, I, I feel my heart rate lowering. I'm, I'm speaking a lot slower than the first serve, so this is going to be a good one. I don't know what's going to happen today. All right. This is going to be good. So when we talk about radical, we talk about this, uh, some, some, uh, some words for it, a thoroughgoing uh, synonyms, complete, total, entire, absolute, utter, comprehensive, the inherent or fundamental nature of something or someone, characterized, is characterized by independence or departure, or departure from tradition. And so I think we see this in Jesus. I think we see that Jesus was radically, radically, absolute, complete, fully comprehensive, and had a mission in mind that no one was going to shake him off of, to the right side or to the left. You know, the Sadducees and the Pharisees came at Jesus, and, and the Sadducees and the Pharisees are like, are like the liberal church versus the conservative church. Pharisees were very conservative. I mean, don't you come in here with no, uh, no certain kind of clothes on you. You're going to get you know, this morning, even as I was trying to figure out, because I knew this church was a, you know, you guys wear a lot of, you're very casual, and I'm very okay with that. I just, I just don't, I just, I just don't, I can't, I don't feel, actually, I just didn't have enough good casual clothes to wear this minute. But, but that's the truth of the matter. I just, I went through, I, I tried this on, I tried something else on, and then I said, well, let me compromise. So I had my shirt, my shirt out with a jacket on, like, like that's in the middle right there. Like I pulled the, this shirt out, had it hanging out. I was, going, I was looking real cool. Then I got to my car and I said, I said, baby, what you think? She said, I wear it in or out. She said, what you most comfortable with? I said, baby, I got to put it back in. <laughs> so so we, we, the, the, the conservative versus the, the, the Sadducees were very, very, you know, Jesus you know, they ask him, you know, do you believe in the resurrection? They started a big, almost a riot over, is there a resurrection or not? And the Sadducees were like, no, dude, you know, whatever you're going to get, you're going to get it down here. And so just live life and do good things and so on and so forth. Whereas the Pharisees were a lot different from that. And the Pharisees, sometimes they get a really bad rap in the sense that we just think they really were bad people. But really, they were just, they were teetotalers. Like, whatever the law said, they were going to keep it. At least they thought they were keeping it. They, at least they thought they were. They were very good religious people. Uh, and so Jesus stepped right in the middle of them. said, I'm not really for you, and I'm not really for you. Matter of fact, I'm going to go get me 
some, some, some fishermen who don't know nothing about Phariseeism or Sadducee. They, matter of fact, I don't even know if they've read a book in their life. And I'm going to sit right down in the middle. That's how I'm going to take care of business. I'm going to get in the middle of it. In the middle of it. And so uh, I want to, uh, in order to argue this position, I really need to show you it from our model and our example, and that's Jesus. Uh, otherwise, you know, we can make a good story up and tell a good, you know, lesson, and, and y'all be like, did he ever use any scripture on this? And, and did they really? No, I'm going to show you some scriptures. So when we talk about being radically in the middle, radically in the middle, number one, we find that Jesus has no allegiance to anyone or anything but his Father. Yeah. You know, family is important. I mean, the whole body of Christ is about family, isn't it? I mean, it's all about family. Family is vitally important. But notice what Jesus says here as it relates to the family. Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 says, Don't imagine that I came to bring peace on earth. He says, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. If you love your father or mother more, more than you love me. Now notice it. Let's, let's make sure that we get it clear. He says, I don't mind you loving them, but not more than me. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't mind my wife loving my children, but not more than me. Are y'all with me? I mean, I want her to love me, prefer me more than anyone else. That's just in me. That's in relationship. It's also in Jesus. The Bible describes God as a jealous God, jealous of our affection and no affection given to or diluted by other gods. And so he's, he, that's the framework he's coming from. He says, if you refuse to take up your cross, and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you will give up your life for me, you will find it. So an extreme would be the worship even of our families. The worship. How many of you realize you can worship that little bad-nosed, you know, booger-snatching little fella? Yeah, you can worship him to the point where he can just do no good and da-da-da-da and da-da-da-da. And we do that. We see it so much where, where families are constant. And I hope I'm not hurting anyone this morning, but, but you know, and, 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 and I'll know, I'll know by, the, by whether or not I receive another invitation. That's, that'll be the determinant. But sometimes we worship so much our children that they begin to preside over and are more important to us than God or the things of God. Got real quiet here. We, we've made them little gods. We've preferred them over coming and hearing the word of God. And then we wonder why they end up in a, in a worse state later in their lives when they begin to harvest the fruits of rebellion against God. We wonder why. Well, did we put God first place? 
you know, when, when my son, my oldest son was playing basketball, uh, you know, the whole, and I know this is a, a sacred cow right here, so I don't even, you don't have to tell me. Matter of fact, I'm going to say this with my head down. He was playing basketball and he was playing travel basketball, but we told him as we were, as he was playing travel basketball, I said, son, and we didn't, we didn't go, we didn't go way out to, you know, outside the state and to new, you know, we may have gone to Tennessee maybe once a time, but all our games were, were close by with the team he was playing for because I just could not see um, doing, you know, the whole, I just couldn't. So I said, so you can play, but on Sundays we're going to be in church. So he would play Friday and Saturday, but Sunday morning we would be in church. And one day I remember him saying to me, Dad, we, we, I want to go so we can get in the championship. It was a Sunday morning game right at 10 o'clock. And he said, Dad, I want to go so we can, we can, we can. I said, son, if everyone adopts that attitude, the church will be empty. And so he cried a little bit. He got over it. But guess what? For the 2 o'clock game, because it was close enough for us to get there, the 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock game, which was the championship game, he was rested up. And so he went to the game at the 3 o'clock game and gave them buckets. You hear me? Buckets. Because everybody else was. And he was like, I'm ready. I'm rested. But I'm saying all that is that we have allowed the world to dictate to us what's important what's valuable. When even the college coaches say that if your son would just put up 400 shots or 500 shots a day or during the week or whatever, he'll be far better off than just playing all the time. But I'm with you. I feel the temptation. We felt it. I'll tell you another story. Is it okay, Pastor? I, didn't, I just saw you, Pastor, because I feel like I'm going a little slower, a little more deliberate. Is that okay? Will I get in some trouble? Will you still love me tomorrow? <laughs> but there was another opportunity um, where my son, my, old, my third child, um, he was playing baseball. He still is playing baseball today. He plays in college. And uh, so we, we, we decided we were going to do a, a baseball trip. Like we were going to go to Atlanta and, and he was going to do some sport, uh, baseball all week long. And boy, I went down there in 78, I mean, 90, 90, 85, 90 degree weather, traveling to one, one base. They tell you it's at one place, in the, but it's all over the place. And I'm driving all over the place. And, and I saw these little kids and they were walking like this. And they were just walking almost stoic, almost like they were, they were not alive. They were just following a, a, a trail. And, and, it was, and, I, and, I, and I'm like, there, there's no life in that. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. Hear me close. I love sports. I enjoy sports. All I'm saying is that we can't have any other God other than Jesus, other than the Father. And so after I made that trip, man, I said, never no more. I ain't making that trip no more. Roasting out there in the sun. We had to find a movie theater to go inside of. Bought tickets just to go in and, and get out of the hot sun. He had, a, he had a guy on his team recently that left the team, and, and he had played all of his life and just said, I'm done. I've had enough. I'm burnt out. I can't play no more. 
And because we didn't, we didn't raise our children the same way, my, my son is just now getting in the groove. He's, he's loving the game. He's like, because he hasn't had that much of it. All I'm saying is Jesus is saying here, if we don't honor and, his, and have allegiance to him more than anything else, more than anything else, that's called radically in the middle. Radically in the middle is not doing it the way the world deems it. But saying, you know what? We're, 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 and not being religious about it, not, you know, none of that stuff. I'm just saying that honoring God. And, and not only that, but, you know, there are, how many of you, um, and, and I don't mean, I, I am one, I am a parent, you know, four times. So, so, and I have parents, my mom and my dad, they're still living and living a good life. And, 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 and but how many have realized sometimes even there's conflict between parents and the will of God? And what is right and what is not. I shared earlier that my father was a part of an organization, was, I say that with emphasis, was a part of an organization. And when I got out of college, he, he, he wanted me to be a part of the same organization. I made some steps towards being in that organization. But I'm growing also, I just given my life to Christ and I'm growing in the Word of God as well. And in my spirit, as immature and as undeveloped as it was at that time, I knew I wasn't supposed to be in that organization. And so I told my dad, I said, I have a conflict here, whether to stay with God, as least the best I can discern his will, or to be a part of this organization, and I choose God. And it, it broke my dad's heart. It really did. It hurt, it hurt him bad. He didn't speak to me for a little while. But eventually he got over it, and eventually he saw what I saw, and eventually he left that organization himself. Because I could have chosen to be on the side of my father or being on the side of my mother. You know, sometimes, um, and I know that I'm, I know this is true, so you don't have to tell me it, you don't even, don't, and because you won't raise your hand, but I'll just say it anyway. Some, some of our parents have some isms. You can define what the ism is yourself. But they have some isms, and we've been raised up in some isms. Mm -hmm. We've been raised up. Those isms have been spoken to us around the table, around Thanksgiving, around Christmas, when all the family gets together, and we're, we're, we, are, we are inebriated with food, of course. And we begin to talk. We began to share, and little Johnny is picking up that same message, that same ism that is talked to almost so normal, so regular, so, so uh, uh, matter-of-factly that it seems like it is the truth. And Johnny begins to grow up in a root of that same ism in his own life. But one day, I'm, one day, Johnny comes into the faith. Now, the problem is sometimes even in the faith or in the religion, it looks like what they were saying is absolutely the truth as well. Because any thought unchecked will go wrong as being true. 
So unless the church challenges that ism, then the body will continue to believe it's okay. So Johnny raises up, he realizes he's grown up with this ism in him, and, and, and he knows that, that, that he loves his parents, as they should, and he, he thinks the world of his parents, and they've done him right, and they've, they've raised him well, but there's that ism there. Now he's got a conflict. Do I, do I stay with, with, the, with, with this over here that is contrary to what I believe God, Jesus is teaching in regards to love, or do I acquiesce to my parents? Where is that? Well, I say if we're going to be radically in the middle, we got to go to where Jesus is. Matter of fact, the Bible says of that, of that uh, angel, he says, take off your feet. Therein, on my side, is where holy ground is. The holy ground is not in our behavior necessarily. The holy ground is being where God is, respectful of his spirit, not dismissive of it, but saying, is that where you are, God? Okay, I'm going to do what you tell me to do no matter what. Next thing on here is, so that's number one, no allegiance to anyone other than God. Now, that gives you plenty of room to love and to be respectful and to be honorable and, and, and to do things that are right. But it, but it means that if there's ever a crossroad, I'm going with what Jesus said. I'm going to the holy ground. Number two, Jesus never committed himself to the fickleness and the scruples of man. John 2, verse 23 through 25 says, Because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust him. Uh, they're already fickle, right? They were coming for the goods. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, many of us are here because we want a blessing from the Lord, right? Yeah, we want, we, we want to be blessed. We, we don't, we're not so desirous of getting to know him and walking with him and, and talking to him and spending time with him doing I mean just bless me Lord prosper my business heal my body take care of my children so they were there for those reasons for purpose and so Jesus makes this astounding or this is said of him but Jesus didn't trust them he says because he knew all about them no one needed to tell him about human nature, for he knew what was in each person's heart. How many of you realize that we can get a, a, a discernment in, in, uh, in the settings we're in? We can know who is for God and who isn't. We can discern in our hearts. Man, it, I, need to, I need to walk away from the coffee table right now. I need to get out of the, uh, the cafeteria where everybody's hanging out, wherever the lounge is, wherever the place is. We know in our hearts sometimes these folk are fickle. These people have scruples. So he says he didn't trust any of them. Jesus. That's radically in the middle. I've told a group of people one time, I said, listen here, I'm with you right now. That gives you a little bit of flex, right? Don't ever overextend yourself and say, I'm with you, ride a diamond, wherever you go, I'm going. No, you might eat those words. So I said, I'm with you. However, if you ever go in a direction I don't deem is the way that God wants us to go, I'm going to jump ship. Amen. Amen. So, so don't think for a minute that I'm just going to go along to get along, because I'm not. And if I discern this is going in a direction that I don't believe God is in, 
I want you to know, I'm just, just, I just want to let you know that in advance. So, you know, where's, where's Jewish Logan? Where, where'd he go? Well, you bringing up some stuff that I can't get aligned with. Therefore, I'm not here anymore. And I'm not talking, now we make mistakes, right? I'm talking about fundamentally core values, core belief. I'm not talking about they painted the room the wrong color, wrong carpet. Someone took my seat. Someone got my parking space. I'm not talking about that. Get you another parking space. You know, paint your house the color you want to paint it. Put the color of carpet you want in your own house. Amen. So he says here, in order to walk in the radical middle, we have to be discerning of those around us and be willing to stick with him no matter what. That means this, listen to me, that means that never be too black, never be too white, never be too Hispanic, no, never be too Asian that you can't find the middle ground. Yes, there truth. Some folk are too black. I'm serious, too black. I'm not talking about color. I'm talking about culture. Too black, too, too Afrocentric, too, too gotta be, everything gotta be black. Otherwise it ain't right. No, God made everything. But on the other end, some folk are too white. White, everything is white. Every, this is everything. White-centric. Well, God says, God says, I want you in the middle where there's neither black nor white, bond nor free, slave or whatever. He says, I want you in the middle. And when we began to be in the middle, the middle, that's the radical ground. That is where the, the straight and narrow is. That's where we can be most seen as light and salt, is when we are starkly different, contrasting all darkness. Right now we have lights in here, lights in my eyes. <laughs> but we have lights in here. And, and so it, it, is, it is making it um, uh, the atmosphere conducive to me, you seeing me and me seeing you. And well, maybe we ought to just cut all the lights out so I don't have to see you all. Because some of y'all might not want to smile at me, and I need a smile every now and then. No, the lights contrast. When you're in the radical middle, that's where contrast is. That's when we begin to stand out. That's when we are, at best, our ambassadors, that we are ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. What's our mission? What's our ministry to be ambassadors? We come from another place. We come from a higher ground, and we are here to be his ambassadors, to be so very different, talk differently, walk differently, speak differently, handle our business differently, so that we're not caught up on one side or the other, so that the world can now condemn God because of what he sees in those who are called God's people. 
See, I must have needed this more. I think the, I think the first service was a lot more religious and, and uh, spiritual than this group. Because y'all need, y'all, y'all just, y'all, y'all drawing more out of me, I tell you. Number three, listen to this. This is so important right here. When we talk about the radical middle, Jesus claims no earthly kingdom. Jesus has no political party. And Jesus has no national ties. Jesus answered, this is in John 18, 36. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of, not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Listen, how many of you realize today we are in one constant battle, fighting? Christians, out there acting like they're going to stay here forever. Now, here's a news post. I just got this earlier this morning, and, and, and I don't want y'all to know this because this, this was a shocker here. I think you got to get this. This was a shocker. Newsflash. Jesus is not American. I mean, I, I, mean, I almost fell out of my seat. I almost dropped my coffee on my lap. Jeez, I mean, newsflash. Jesus is not American. I said, I'd be doggone. <laughs> but we think he is. We think he's American. But Jesus would come and tell us, I'm not for America. I'm not for Britain, I'm not for Africa, I'm not for, I'm not, I'm on the Lord's side and I'm raising up a new kingdom. I'm, I'm getting new citizens. I'm, I'm, I'm getting them from these kingdoms of this world and I'm inviting them into my kingdom. And so we need to have a kingdom mentality and not a, a nationalistic kind of mentality. Nothing wrong with patriotism. Nothing wrong with celebrating July uh, 4th. Nothing wrong with all other things that we do. Nothing wrong with them. But when those things become more important than sound gospel doctrine of love, Is it love? Jesus said one time, you know, and I think it's uh, appropriate in this sense. So there were there were there were three people, you know, that you know the story of the man who the good Samaritan story, and the three people came by, and then the one time that the Samaritan came by, Samaritan uh, saw that the person was hurting and broken down, and and helped that person out. Helped him out. Were the other two guys, they were too concerned about their status and who they were outside of God than they were about someone who was hurting. And while we're bickering and fighting and, and seeking control and, and power, thinking that somehow salvation is going to come in this big white house in Washington, D.C. We, we Christians even think that somehow 
heaven is there. And that God is going to do something from there. I'm not saying that we don't we don't vote our conscience. I'm not saying that we don't have we have a right to be on one side or the other. I've always done that. But I, what I realize over time is that not one not I ain't never seen Jesus make a press conference. I ain't never seen him. I, 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 I and looking for him for years. He's never stepped up and said, "Um, uh, question." Yeah. yeah. How about over here? Uh, you? You got one? And we tie ourselves to all of those things. We we are so, so, so desirous to hear someone say something that we want them to say. Well, let's just open up your Bible. Let it tell you everything you want to hear. That's all. Just, just open up the B-I-B-L-E. That's how we used to say it when I was a kid. The B-I-B. Just open it up. You want new information? Go to the Word of God. And again. It's going to tell us about wars and rumors of wars, and it's going to tell about be of good cheer because I've overcome these things. We don't need all these other venues to tell us what the Word of God is already telling us. Let's get to the radical middle. The radical middle. And we are a generation, we are a generation who can actually change the narrative for this country. They think we're crazy, I'll be honest with you. They think we Christians are out of our minds because we settle for stuff that is really, really ungodly and unbiblical. So I've come to the conclusion that my help cometh from the Lord. That's my conclusion. I'm not looking for it from anybody. I'm not looking for it from the past president, the president before him, and the present day president. I'm not looking for any. I, my help comes from the Lord. I pray for them, every one of them, whether I agree with them or not. I'm praying for them. The Bible tells us to pray for those who are in positions of authority. So I pray for them. But I'm like Jesus. I don't trust none of them. I see the, the worship team coming up. I better, I better hurry up. That was my cube. That was, that was it. Yes, Lord. Uh, okay, so last thing I want to share with you is this right here, and I think it's just powerful. Jesus always found himself in the middle of our humanity. Not on the side, not in a group, not in a club over here, not in we're all the, we're the, we're the right people and you're all, all the wrong people. No, he was right there with the wrong people, just right in the middle of the wrong. He was right there. He was, he was having dinner. Matter of fact, he told us Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, get out of that tree. I'm coming over to your house today. How many of us have a Zacchaeus in our life? What about the woman at the well who said, you know, uh, well, I, 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 I'm not uh, currently married. Um, he said, you said that right. You've been married a few times, sweetheart. And the man you're now living with, that ain't even your husband. Hey, but that's all right, because I'm coming into the middle of your humanity. 
I'm coming right smack dab in the middle of it. I don't care. I know you hear it this well all by yourself because other ladies don't want to be around you. They're too religious. But I want to be here right beside you. I want to be here right with you. I'm, I'm a matter of fact, the guys went on. He says, uh, and they came back and he said, I got, I, I've got food that you know not of. I, I'm satisfied because I've done the will of my father. I'm speaking to myself. How many of us have those kinds of people that we can get down in the middle of? Why have we so isolated ourselves from humanity? And we just kind of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Keeping our, our, our homes, our houses, our places clean of those we think might defile it. So there were two men in, in Matthew 27, 38, two revolutionaries or two criminals who were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. He was where? In the middle. In the middle. He was right there in the middle. And as these two guys were talking back and forth, as their arms were stretched out, and one of them said to the other, man, I ain't seen this dude on the block. I didn't see him peddling no drugs. I I I I've never seen him. Oh, I I I I've I not seen him that way. He he's not like us. He he he's right here in the middle of us, but he's not like us. He's not done anything wrong. One of them said, "Well, I'm just going to do my own thing." Still, the other one said, "I'm going to get over into the middle." I'm going to move over to the middle. Hey, Jesus, hey, check this out. When you, when you get into your kingdom, because you just seem like kingdom material, when you get in your kingdom, you, you, mind, you mind if I can come with you? They're like, can you help a brother? And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Today you will be with me in paradise. He got in the middle of it all. I'm telling you, church, God is calling us to get out of, out of, out of our, our confinement to uh, um, political parties, to conservatism versus uh, liberalism versus uh, uh, whatever else is out there. Let's get out and let's get into the middle. It doesn't mean that your values have to change. No, nah, they get developed. Get developed, get cultivated. I'm as conservative as they are, as they are, because I see the word of God. I don't even like to use that term because you get pigeonholed as soon as you say it. Like, okay, I know what you are. You did you? Okay, you you must have been uh, in uh, Washington on uh, January sixth. Then no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't there. No, I wasn't there. Uh uh. No. But we've lost our way. We've lost our way. We've discounted character for power. When God says, in order to have real power, you must learn how to serve. True leadership is in serving our community. That's the real middle. So let's be radical. Can we be radical? I mean, really, can we be radical? 
Can we just find out what the will of God is and, 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 and seek to do just that? Y'all ready? It's in uh, All right, I'm, I'm closing it down. Let's bow our heads in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together this morning. We're so very grateful. So very grateful that you've called us to a different place. Matter of fact, you've called us your very own children. And you said that we are a peculiar people, not like everyone else. We don't look like everyone else. We don't talk like everyone else. We are exceptional in Christ. We are a royal priesthood. We are kings and queens and priests under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. Help us to get a revelation of our true identity, that it's not on the peripheral, it's not on the edges, it's right in that radical middle where no one has control over us except your Spirit. We know that there's lots of things that will try to pull us to one side or the other. It could be the color of our skin, could be our our political makeup could be uh, our, our, our background, whatever it might be. There's so many things that can, can pull us away from the middle. But I ask today, Father, through a revelation of who we are in Christ, that you would center us, center us in Christ, that we find our, our life, that we see our very being in Christ, that Jesus is our breath, he is our strength, he is our very life. In Jesus' name, well, heads are still bowed real quickly. If you know you need to move towards the middle, it's just a, 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 just a, a very soft invitation to move over to the middle. If you know you've been kind of hung up in some area, like there's something that's got a grip on you and you've not been able to move over, you, you, you still deem things more important than the things of God. And we can't do this on our own strength. I need help, man, to get over to the middle. If that's you, just as a sure hand, almost as a, as a re of, of destroying the chains, the barrier, that that, that hand going up is like a snapping, a, a destruction of that barrier. Would you show me that hand right now? I see those hands. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you for acknowledging. Father, in the name of Jesus, for those who raise their hand, maybe there are some that didn't. You said in your word, if we confess, if we confess our sins, if we confess that we're not where we need to be, that we've missed the mark, that you're faithful and true to forgive us and then to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I thank you for that cleansing right now. And Father, I thank you that we're new today. We are new creations. And you've sent us forth. We don't know why, I don't quite understand it, but you left it in our hands to change the world. So we thank you, Father, that as we have moved and are moving towards that radical middle, that we also are the masterpieces of Almighty God. And we're going out and doing great works. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to this week's sermon. 
For more information about Summit Community Church, please check out our website at summitchurch.me or on social media on Facebook or Instagram at SCC Morganton.